just like facts have no place with an organized religion. Michael Graff. Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. The zip code famous Michael Graff Show. Oh, you have got to be kidding, sir. First you think of an idea that has already been done. And then you give it a title that nobody could possibly like. The Michael Graff Show. Hi, it's a kite, everybody. Goofballs. How would you handle this? We could try ignoring it, sir. I see. Pretend nothing has happened and hope everything turns out all right in the morning. Just a thought, sir. I've considered that. Warning. The following broadcast is presented without the use of talking points, blatant hypocrisy, or Kool-Aid. You know, it's bad when this guy has to become the voice of reason. It's the return of the zip code famous Michael Groff Show. What up? It is the most talented human being on planet Earth to never be hired for a radio gig. It's the zip code famous Michael Graff show. Not nearly drunk enough, but here in the chair anyway, doing uh, another fine uh, podcast for you. Why not? It is... uh, I, technically, it's Monday. I believe that would be October 25th, 2010, right? Hold on. I'm going to look at my calendar on my phone. Yes, that's actually accurate. Uh, contact information for the program, as always, Mike at KMGX.com. That is our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name, Michael Groff Show. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show on AOL Instant Messenger. And, of course, EFNet, IRC, Net Radio, the channel. We always accept your monetary donations to this program. Always appreciate those. Uh, It's Mike at KMGX.com. That's our PayPal address. Again, Mike at KMGX.com. Okay. So let's see. Uh, how was your weekend? <laughs> uh, in studio with me is, uh, of course, Hillary's here. She's doing work and whatnot. What's up, baby? Hi. Hi. Um. So I'm, we're just I'm just hanging out. So for those of you that uh, that don't follow it or that uh, aren't up on it, let me just let me just give you an update because you know people do ask and they want to know. So yeah, so here's what happened. Uh, I, I went to this is the first time we've uh, I've done a podcast since I went to lovely Jacksonville, Florida, and I uh, had a big job interview down there. And uh, the whole the whole process, well, as you might have expected, as has been the case through 
the years I've been doing this show and I've gone for many job interviews and uh, tried to move away from uh, from my humble beginnings, my humble roots. Uh, well, apparently um, I'm, I'm meant to stay in these humble roots. I went to Jacksonville, as you know. I had the big interview. Everything uh, went uh, pretty well down there. Uh, came back. I had the, first of all, Maybe this was a, maybe this was an omen, and you know maybe maybe Hill I should have just taken this as as my cue uh, that things weren't going to turn out so well. When I uh, was was on my way back uh, from Jacksonville, I get on the uh, on the plane. First of all, the cab ride from my hotel to the airport was fifty five dollars, and I, and I guess this was only it was that low. Now you might say that's an insane amount to pay for a cab ride from one end of the city to another. Jacksonville is a huge city. Jacksonville, Florida is the largest city in the country in terms of uh, square mileage, in terms of land area. I was not aware of this, but if you take a cab from one end of the city to the other, you will soon realize that that is indeed the case. So I take a cab and it costs $55 and that's apparently a discount. That's apparently a good deal. Um, I had a, a full India, India, you know, a, a, a turban, Indian, uh, and I mean, he was, he was wearing a full term and took me to the airport. Yes, sir. Take it to the airport, sir. $55. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so that was, that was, you know, sort of like strike one. And then I, uh, I wanted to get something to eat. That's a big mistake. Never get anything to eat at the airport. Don't even buy a newspaper. I was going to take, I was going to buy a Coke Zero to take on the plane with me. So I had something else to drink because uh, apparently um, on U.S. Airways now, even breathing the air costs you money. Airlines have gotten to the point where it's such nickel and diming that they don't even, you know, they used to give out uh, complimentary peanuts. Yeah, airlines don't do that anymore. Southwest still does it. Southwest apparently still cares about you a little bit. And you'll notice that they're the only ones that make any money. So anyway, they give out uh, some some uh, some peanuts, but yeah, U.S. Airways they don't do that. They give you a very 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 watered down, like quarter of a can of Diet Coke if you ask for it. If they get to you before the plane lands, so uh, that was that's the thing. So uh, yeah, so I, I was hungry in the airport, so I, I go and I get something to eat. That's like thirteen dollars for a burger and fries. I was going to get a Coke Zero to bring on the plane. That was $2.50. I said, I'm not paying that. I draw the line for a 20-ounce bottle of Coke Zero. I, I draw the line at like a dollar and a half. I mean, I even think that's excessive. Two fifty is way excessive. So I get on the plane, and I'm in the very, very back row of the plane, which is fine. Okay, I don't really mind that. What I do mind, however, is sitting next to me. Now I'm on the I'm on the right side, so sitting next to me on my left, there is a, I'm I'm in the window seat, of course. Um, where do you put the biggest guy in the plane? Well, you put him in the smallest possible, most confined space, and that would be the window seat in the very back of the plane. So uh, very very good. So you uh, so I'm I'm there. There's a there's a very apathetic parent. Probably somebody that's uh, on a lot of pills, I'm guessing, uh, can't handle uh, having a child, especially one as annoying as this one. So they're all hepped up. And uh, I get to sit next to the kid from hell, who's probably about three years old. 
Now, um, quite frankly, I would have chucked the kid out of the one of the emergency exits in flight because this kid just sat there and screamed in my ear for 59 of the 60 minutes that the flight takes to get from Jacksonville to Charlotte, North Carolina. So I'm sitting there. There's this kid. He's screaming in my ear. 59 minutes. He only stopped screaming twice. Once was at uh, minute 59 of the flight when the flight attendant just went, oh, don't cry. It's okay. And that apparently soothed the kid. So I wondered where that flight attendant was 59 minutes ago. He was screaming the entire time. Screaming. Just screaming, you know. I mean, why doesn't the federal air marshal come back there and shoot him or something? I mean, I thought that's why we had these air marshals. I don't understand. So I'm sitting there. So the kid, so I'm partially deaf in my left ear. Oh, and the other time he stopped screaming was to throw up on me. That was at about minute 30 of the flight. About halfway through, he just decides, you know what? I'm going to throw up. <laughs> so kid, kid barfs on me. And uh, so now I'm covered in kid puke and I'm partially deaf in my left ear. The good news is now I'm at the Charlotte, North Carolina airport. So things are bound to turn around for me. So uh, it's actually, it's not a, a terrible airport. It's, it's very bright in there. They have a lot of windows. Apparently they want you to see beautiful scenic Charlotte, North Carolina out, out the window. So uh, a lot of, uh, so uh, the, the, the terminal is fine. Um, Though I don't understand the why, why it is that people decide they're going to all stop and congregate on the concourse of the terminal. Why everybody just sort of stops and hangs out and talks in this, you know, in a great big group rather than walking to, to their gate destination and then talking there. Where they have all these wonderful seats that are all next to each other. You can sit and talk and just chat it up. Instead, they all just sort of stop in the middle of the terminal. So then when carts want to go through that are carrying people from one place to another, they can't get through. Now, I was standing and there's this cart behind me trying to get past. So I stand up against the wall. I can't stand anywhere else because there's people everywhere just standing there uh, is talking to each other. So I get up against the wall. Uh, this guy on the cart runs over my foot. Yeah, I'm flush up against it. He runs over my foot. I yell at the guy, and uh, he's some hayseed uh, from from Charlotte. They're just trying to get the cart on through the damn old terminal. He's trying to get it on the concourse. The people are standing there. He didn't have the foot out there. The big old feet inside the damn old canoes. I'm trying to get the damn old car by the. So uh, that that was the other problem. So. Now I'm partially deaf. I got puke on me, and uh, and now I, I can't walk. I don't know. Nothing got broken. It just hurt for a while. So then I, I go into the bathroom. There's a there's a nice bathroom attendant. That is one thing I will say. The Charlotte uh, airport does have bathroom attendants. All black people. I don't know why they're all black, but they are. Bathroom attendants, apparently that's what they do there in Charlotte. You hire black people that everybody... This guy, literally, this is... This is... It's got to be the worst job ever. At least it's a job, though. The guy goes, good afternoon, sir. Thank you, sir. Good afternoon, sir. Thank you, sir. Hi, sir. Thank you, sir. As everybody comes in, he says, hi, sir. As they leave, they, he says, thank you, sir. So I'm like, hey, um, uh, look, man, I, I got kid puke on me. Do you think you can help me out with this? He's like, yes, sir. So like, I don't know. He does some handiwork with some, I, I don't know, some sprays some crap on there and, and helps me with that. I change shirts. I, I put on a shirt. I'd rather wear a shirt that I already wore on my trip 
uh, for the four-hour flight home uh, than have to deal with having puke all of her shirt. I, I think that was that was my thinking. So I just hope that, you know, on the next leg of the flight that nobody pukes on me because it's a four-hour flight. That would not be good. I could just take my shirt off, I guess. Then I'd be arrested. So, uh, yeah, so I get on the plane and then there's another kid uh, in the seat in front of me who whines uh, for the entire trip home. At first, it's like a cute little kid who just asks cute little kid questions, which would have been fine. I have no problem with the cute little kid asking cute little kid questions, except for the fact that I'm partially deaf in one ear with a foot that's been run over and, uh, and, and a shirt in my suitcase covered in puke. So uh, I have to hear that for four hours. Luckily, I, I have my laptop. I, 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 once we get in the air and we get to the safe altitude, uh, I put on my, uh, my laptop and I listen to some podcasts. So I'm, I'm cool then. But I'm still hearing this kid and I'm just, I'm already, I'm just in a general state of agita. So then uh, finally get home. Everything's fine. Uh, my house was still here. Uh, and uh, I, I pretty much got the feeling that I had it in the bag for this job. Because I was told uh, that basically it's my job to lose. You know, I, I would be, I have to think that I would be a really terrible professional athlete. I would be the exact thing I mock in a professional athlete. You know how we talk about guys like A-Rod or uh, Barry Bonds or other people that whenever it came down to the big moment in the playoffs, in, in key situations, in the clutch, when you really need them to step up, those are the people that you can never count on. Those are the people that always strike out at absolutely the biggest time of their career when it's their time to shine. You can count on them never being there. Like, I don't know, I, I, I never tell me that I've got it in the bag because apparently somehow I'll find a way to ruin it. So uh, I got the call today uh, that um, no job for me. Uh, you know, I got the corporate, uh, the corporate stuff, the, well, man, we think you're very talented and you have a unique skill set and. You know, we, we want to, we hope that there's opportunities for you down the road here and da, da, da. You know, I mean, if I, again, if I had, if I had a dime for every time I heard that, I, uh, well, I wouldn't be here. I would be living in a great big mansion um, and I'd be throwing uh, money on the fire. I, I'd be wiping my ass with logs of hundred dollar bills. You know, I, I'd love for somebody in radio just to tell me, you know what, Mike, here's, here's the real truth. You suck. You're not talented. We don't think you have anything going for you. And frankly, I don't know why you bother to continue being in this business. That would be better. If, if a guy, if there was a Simon Cowell of radio that would just say to me, you know, let me just say something. You all terrible. If somebody just said that, that would be perfect. But no, it's, it's the, you know, we think you're amazingly talented. You have a million-dollar voice. That's what I was told by, by the, the, this latest uh, job. You have a million-dollar voice. Your sound is, is awesome. You sound better than anybody that's on our station. And then, but now, let me just give you the reasons why we're not hiring you. So that, that's what went on today. Hill's just over there. She's just, like, looking at <laughs> What? She says they're stupid. 
I would uh, I would say that um, you know I, I don't know. So uh, that was basically it. Um, I uh, I don't I don't know what else to say. It sound, it seemed like I really did a great job. This is one of those things. Have you ever had a job interview? You went in there, you felt like you knocked it out of the park completely. You did an amazing job in the job interview. You really impressed them. You felt like you did your best. You felt that you gave it your your absolute best effort. You came out of there. You f- you're feeling good. You got good vibes from them. Now I knew I I knew as soon as uh, this morning came around. I knew I didn't get it when I woke up, and I, I can tell you why. I got an email, and they said they wanted to talk to me um, this afternoon. And uh, you know, after the guy got off work, he wanted to talk to me. So I knew right away that I didn't get it then because, well, that's the psychology of it. I know that I didn't get it once the guy wants to talk to me when he's not at the office because he's not going to make you an offer over the phone when they're not at the office. So so there you go. That's the update. That's the job update uh, as far as it goes. So uh, I will still be here doing this podcast as uh, infrequently as it may be. And um, you will be you're going to be stuck with me. So uh, it's a win for you, the audience, the those of you that like this podcast and those of you that enjoy listening to this show. Uh, it's a big win for you because uh, you get to keep me. Um, for me personally, it's uh, it's it's another great big loss um, for uh, for any future endeavors and aspirations. I, listen, I got a lot going on. I got bills I got to pay. Uh, potentially more, and you know, I, I've got a lot. I got a lot to to think about. I got a lot on my plate, and uh, unfortunately, this. Yeah, I realize, I know there's people out there saying, well, Mike, it would be in Jacksonville, Florida. I mean, do you really want to live there? You know what? I don't know. I, the, the, the station, everything there, I, it was a, I got a great vibe from the people that work there. It, it did not seem like a, a bad place to work. Uh, it actually seemed like a great place to work. People there were, were really nice. Um, I don't know, Jacksonville, Florida, like you'd go and order food at, uh, at, a, at a fast food place and everybody spoke English, um, sometimes kind of the bad Southern English, but still it was English. I, I kind of like that. But, you know, then again, you do have to think about it and, and say, well, it's Florida, Mike. I mean, it's wacky ass Florida. And so that there is that aspect to it. I don't know. Maybe the reason I didn't get the job, maybe they heard this podcast. They were like, you know, there's no way we're bringing a guy this insane into our building. We're, that is just not going to happen. There could be that. I don't know. All right, look, we got a lot to talk about on the show tonight. A uh, lot of things that we uh, that I want to get into here. Um, got to talk about, speaking of wackiness, got to talk about the uh, social networking sites. Facebook is causing problems all over the place. I told you that Facebook is the scourge of the earth. It is really just a blight on humanity. Uh, I say that, of course, knowing that I, yes, I do have a Facebook account. No, I don't use it all that often. Uh, I just don't think I'm interesting enough to be on Facebook. And frankly, I think that 99% of the people that are on Facebook aren't interesting enough to be on Facebook or Twitter or MySpace or any of the other places that uh, people follow other people around. But uh, we do have to talk a little bit about Facebook. They are coming under some criticism for several, um, several things. First of all, we didn't even talk about the story about how uh, Facebook has those various apps. Well, some of those apps are giving out your personal information. Then we have a story about uh, Facebook potentially outing people 
And when I say outing, I mean outing their sexual preferences inadvertently, they say. Then we have a story about Facebook as somebody that used Facebook to communicate that they were the victim of a sexual assault. That's kind of dark. We'll talk a little bit about that. We have about a week to go until you decide 2010. And so the election is just around the corner. We have big, big time election news. Um, and especially in some key races across the country. This Republican sweep of the House and Senate, it really looks like it's on track. Uh, people are really tired of the Democrats. They're really tired of the direction that the country is going in right now. So they want a big old change. And that is what is going to happen um, coming up. Like I said, about a week from now. So uh, uh, probably in a similar pattern to what happened in 1994 when Republicans uh, swept the House and Senate back then. Uh, I think kind of the same thing is going to happen here, but something to think about. Definitely. All right. And then we've got a bunch of just other news, a lot of other stuff just to get into. There's uh, certainly a lot that's happening there. Um, it was crazy. My The power supply on one of my computers went out over the weekend. And uh, that was the other thing that that gave me just more stress on top of everything else. I was sitting here wondering about this job and then I, my power supply goes out. So I couldn't even do a podcast. I couldn't even update uh, the audience on anything um, because one of my computer's uh, power supply just blew out, just fried. And this was a computer I just replaced the power supply and it uh, maybe, what, back in January or late last year. So I don't know what went on there. So um, I, I had to take care of that. It's just been uh, one thing after another uh, the last uh, few weeks. So, man, it's it's good to be back here, just relaxing, doing the show uh, on a uh, Monday night, hanging out with you folks. The zip code famous Michael Graff show. Also, going to take a look at the pop chart coming up in um, just a little bit. So we'll see what's happening there in terms of the pop chart, everything like that. That'll be coming up in uh, just a couple. Stick around for all that and uh, a lot more. You know how we go. Mike at KMGX.com. That would be the email address. It is Mike at KMGX.com. AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name Michael Graff Show. Also, we uh, do accept the monetary donations to our PayPal. It's also our email address. Once again, Mike at KMGX.com. EFNet IRC, the channel net radio, all of our contact information and more available at MichaelGraff.com. All right, Hill is in studio. I'm here, um, reluctantly. No, I, I'm I'm totally on board with being here and and doing this show for the rest of my days. Why not? When I was two years old, I, my my vision was I was going to be on the radio. I wanted to be on the radio. I wanted to be... Uh, I, I knew that was my calling. And I, I always said to my parents, you know, I want to be on the internet doing a show for an audience of a size that is completely unknown to me. I'm very well could just be talking to myself and Hillary and all the equipment in here. I could be. 
theoretically. I mean, technically, that is what I'm doing right now. All right, we'll be back. It's the Zip Code Famous Michael Graff Show. isn't crazy enough already, we decided to throw a little bit more chaos into it. Now, here's the Michael Groff Random Rejoin. Random Rejoin. Oh, yeah. The long-distance dedication from the 70s to my, to my Hillary here. Ladies, all right, here we go. Come on. Everybody, you know it now. You are so yeah. To me, <laughs> you are so beautiful. You know, they have a classic hit station I could apply to as well. Why not? To me, can't you see? Everything. Everything I hope for. Yeah. It's my long distance dedication. You're everything I need. I didn't even know I had this song until right now. <laughs> you are so beautiful. Isn't this moving, Hill? To me. No? Thank you. This is what we call an organic bit. In the business, we would call this bit organic. Because this was a, a random bumper, and then, you know, I just turned it into that. See? It's clever. But, you know, whatever. Uh, thank you. Uh, welcome back. It's the Zip Code Famous Michael Graff Show. Um, yeah, I didn't know I had that in the, in the library. That's uh, kind of weird. Who knew that we had Joe Cocker in here? Anyway, Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email and PayPal address for your most generous contributions to this program. <laughs> and uh, Michael Graff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. I apparently will talk to all comers there. Why not? I just realized uh, Halloween is on Sunday. And uh, this year, in order to scare the children, uh, I will be answering the door with my shotgun. I won't have it loaded this time. God, it goes off one year and everybody makes a big deal about it. And they call in the SWAT team like nobody got shot. It wasn't a big deal. The slug, it went across, it, it, it landed in, in somebody's backyard. It wasn't a big deal. You, you know, it's nothing to make a federal case about, really. So I will not be answering the door with the shotgun this year, just the axe. So kids that come to my house, you'll be perfectly fine. You'll be, you'll be safe. <laughs> all right, um, a few things to get into. First of all, uh, Facebook in the news. Now, this couple of weird Facebook stories... 
the social networking site. And really, one of my favorites. I have to tell you right now, there's, there's to me, um, there's sex, chocolate, and then Facebook. I, I can't tell you how into it I, I really am. Um, like I said, I, I don't think 99% of the people on Facebook are interesting enough to be on Facebook. And then the other 1% think they're the most interesting people and that they should be on it. So... Whatever classification you fall into. Um, but Facebook now apparently may be inadvertently outing gay users to advertisers, according to uh, researchers. They say that different targeted advertising is being sent to users' accounts if they are described, if they describe themselves as gay or straight. The discovery could mean that people who wish to keep their sexuality private may be sharing it with advertisers without even knowing it. Of course, this comes on the heels of the news uh, like last week where uh, applications were giving out personal information to advertisers. All those applications that are on there. Again, stuff I don't use. Like if when I use, I'm always the most basic person when I use something. I use a cell phone and I use it to talk to people which I know it's kind of weird, like using your phone to talk to people. I, I get strange looks when I bring that up to people now. And uh, yeah, and I, I do I do text, but I, I text kind of, the only person I ever text on my phone I, I basically is Hillary. That's, you know, my friends a little bit, but basically I would say 90% of my text usage goes there because otherwise I... I, I it's fine to text a little bit. I'm just one of those people that I know people that only they exclusively text. They don't even use their cell phone to talk. They use it exclusively to text. And that drives me crazy. I pay through the nose for my text messages too. That's the other thing that they get you coming and going. So I don't, uh, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't do much texting. And then my, um, Yes, and Facebook, that's the other thing. Like, I, I don't really, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't use my phone to get onto Facebook. I don't do any of that stuff. But all those applications that people use, uh, Farmville and Mafia Wars and all that other stuff that's on Facebook, all that stuff uh, could very well be giving out personal information to various advertisers. But uh, yeah, is, what, what's that? They deserve it if they're using Farmville. Yeah. Farmville. I, I, there are people, you know, and those games, the thing about those games on Facebook is they are, they are incredible time wasters. They are, I, I view, you spend so much time building a farm or building a cafe or building a, a, a whatever, mafia thing. You spend all this time, it takes months and months of constant gameplay and constant maintenance on whatever it is that you're playing just to get anywhere in the game. It's not like any standard video game that you play on your on a console or even a, another PC game where you get pretty far pretty fast. I mean, you can actually beat a game pretty quickly or or you can where with like The Sims for example, you can really get things going and it doesn't really take that that much time although people put a ton of time into their Sims also. But games on social networking sites they just pretty much assume that everyone's going to sit on their ass and, and watch this game and play this game for hours and hours and hours, days and weeks and months and even years. 
that's how those games are. They are just insipid. They are they are crazy, crazy time wasters. But uh, the Facebook privacy breach, as they call it, uh, it's just another loophole that, that has uh, emerged. Millions of pieces of personal information were uh, being shared without users' consent after using apps. Now you've got this. It's really making people think twice, not really, about using Facebook. Yeah, does anybody really... People that share... I love how people get outraged that Facebook is sharing their personal information with advertisers. Meanwhile, they go on there and they talk about, last night, I had the craziest sex with some random person that I picked up at a club. Um, God, it was so, it was animalistic. It was amazing sex. And then the way they went down on me and the way, oh my God. And then we had simultaneous orgasms, got up, made eggs in the morning. It was incredible. Everything, they tell you everything. They'll tell you, I had a bowel movement this morning. It was fairly large, uh, fairly, that came out of there. No blood this time, fairly large, but I did eat corn last night. It was quite evident. In my dump, which, by the way, I took at 7.48 a.m. And, of course, I went to Mike's house to take that dump. I wouldn't do it at my own house. I had to go to Mike's house to take the dump. And the dump, it, you know, I was in the toilet. For, I was on the toilet for about 10 minutes. It was one of those, it was one of those that, you, you know, you had to work it out kind of things. So I should probably have more fiber in my diet. This is what people write on their Facebook. Literally every move that people make, they write on their Twitter and Facebook accounts. All right, I'm driving to the doctor's office. Ten minutes away from the doctor's office. Nine minutes away from the doctor's office. Eight minutes away. Ugh, I hate traffic. Angry face. Six minutes away from the doctor. Couldn't get it in time for the seven-minute update. But just to let you know, at the seven-minute mark, I still hated traffic. And now I really hate traffic. Grr. Two minutes to go till I'm at the doctor's office. Don't even remember why I'm going, LOL. Minute away, I can see the building from the road, but damn, this guy in front of me is driving slow. He's probably texting someone, asshole. LOL. I'm so funny, LOL. I got to tell you, man, that's, uh, that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. It's just such a ubiquitous part of the culture now that people are out there. They're just they're, they They think that they're that important, that they just have to give updates on absolutely everything. Me, I gave people an update on what was happening with my job situation. I mean, I might as well. I, I don't know. I don't know why. I, but I assume that people, well, I was getting asked the questions. So I assume, so I was like, okay, I'll post an update. Now, if I was getting calls every day from people that were going, hey, Mike, um, how was your bowel movement this morning? Was it good? I mean, did you, did you, did you have a good one? Was it kind of runny? I mean, what was the deal? Like if I had that going on, then yes, I would probably post status updates on my bowel movements. You know. The worst, though, the worst thing that people do on Facebook, the, 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 the big, the cardinal sins that people have is 
they always, they have to, I don't know what it is about people and, and now the problem is with everybody owns a digital camera or a cell camera or both. So now, not only do they tell you that they're on their way to the doctor's office, but they take a picture of the traffic that's in front. See, this is the traffic that's around me. Like, nobody cares. I mean, really, nobody cares that you're in traffic. Like, really, nobody gives a rat's ass that you are stuck behind a guy that's driving too slow because he's probably on the phone updating his Facebook status. Honest to God, we don't care. But then again, see, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm actually wrong on this because people do care. There's 500 million users to Facebook. I read that and I went, I want a time machine. I'm going to go, I wanted to go and invent Facebook, except I don't know. I want to be, uh, what's that guy's name? Zuckerberg or whatever that, that invented the damn thing. Why am I not that guy? <laughs> whatever. So I, I, the thing is, I understand the point of social networking sites. I understand the point in the sense of it's great for promoting yourself. It's great for the narcissist in all of us that thinks that everybody cares about everything that they do. I'm realistic about it. I don't think that very many people care about what I'm up to. Some people have more interesting lives than me. And maybe the people that do have more interesting lives, maybe people are genuinely interested. Like I'd admit that probably like David Spade's uh, Twitter account would probably be more exciting than mine. Or a professional athlete would, I mean, theirs would at least be, theirs would be like this. Professional athlete, like, just insert the person's name. Got a home run last night. Was great. Banged three groupies simultaneously. Incredible sex. Going to the doctor's office today. Probably have syphilis. Stuck in traffic. Ugh. Three minutes away from checking to see if I have syphilis. Groupies tonight after the game. Playing the Mets tonight. Going to hit three home runs. At the stadium. Stepping up to the plate right now. Just swung and missed. Ugh. LOL. See, that would be at least a more interesting Twitter than, than mine. So I understand why some people have it. I do understand why some people are, are into the social networking stuff. Here's another one. This is, this is a darker uh, story involving Facebook. Not nearly as, as humorous or... This, there's nothing funny about this at all, actually. In a very unusual case, there's a San Antonio child that used the social networking site to tell her mother that she had been sexually assaulted. Details of the incident last Sunday revealed in an arrest warrant uh, affidavit on Monday that suggests the girl turned to Facebook after her mother rebuffed her previous attempt to allege the abuse face-to-face. -face. Authorities have charged Kenneth Wade Hicks, 45, with sexual assault of a child arrested Monday. He was being held at Bexar County Jail in lieu of $75,000 bail. 
Whether it's a romantic entanglement gone awry, a damning photo, or even a suicide note, as was the case in a Rutgers University student death last month, it's clear that users of the site continue to upload traditional notions of privacy, uh, uh, append traditional notions of, of, of privacy, erring on the side of, well, erring. In other words, people don't really care about privacy. They want to put everything up there. This girl, she just posted that she was sexually assaulted. And that prompted somebody to alert the authorities. And then that's... So, in a sense, because her parent... This is, this is the problem. It all comes back to bad parenting. See, this is why... I, I, I guess, you know, people always tell me that I'd be a great dad. See, I think I'd be a pretty mediocre parent. But you know what? Today... Today's mediocre parent is, is, or I should say, yesterday's mediocre parent is today's father of the year. Yeah, if you compare me to this uh, child's mom, I would be the best parent ever. Like, if my kid came to me and said, uh, Kenneth Wade Hicks sexually assaulted me, I would be over there in two seconds and he'd be dead. Like, I'd beat the crap out of the guy. Well, first of all, he'd never get close enough to my kid to sexually assault them in the first place. But should it have happened, should, if it did happen, yeah, I'd beat the crap. I wouldn't sit there and go, yeah, you know, kid, you're just making it up. And then, and then my kid runs off and posts it on Facebook. Like, what kind of terrible parent are you that you won't even listen? Um, Mom, I was raped. Yeah, sure. Okay. Let me get back to my stories. Oh, I don't have time for this. I'm busy. I have things to do. Can't you see I'm updating my Facebook status? Crappy mother is being pestered by her daughter right now. Something about rape. I don't care. LOL. The, uh, let's see. This is what's going on. So this girl, she uh, posts that she was sexually assaulted on Facebook. The authorities acted. And now the guy's in jail and that's good. So even though it's a terrible story, at least... It worked out in spite of bad parenting. So this is one time I guess I'll give Facebook a little bit of credit. But again, it all comes back to if the girl had good parenting, it wouldn't be an issue in the first place. So I don't <laughs> I, I guess I'll reluctantly give Facebook some credit here. Um, here's another story. Uh, stop me if you've heard this before. Here's yet another story that Bert and Ernie are gay. Yes, Sesame Street's Bert and Ernie. I know. First of all, most of you in the audience are rolling your eyes going, well, we already knew that. Everybody knows that Bert and Ernie are gay. And the only people that think that they're not are people that, you know, they, they have their kids watch Sesame Street and they don't care that their kids are watching openly gay characters. And that's fine. I just don't know why they, I don't know why Sesame Street like kind of pretends that they're not. So the latest uh, saga and what's overflowing, yes, Sesame Street has a Twitter page, by the way. What's been overflowing Sesame Street's Twitter page is what some are claiming Bert officially outed himself before. This was from the June 11th episode. I don't know why we're only seeing this now, but in the June 11th airing, the uh, mono-browed Muppet tweeted about... Yes, by the way, Bert and Ernie also tweet. Tweeted about the uh, premiere of a recent A-Team remake. 
Sesame Street plans to air a parody of the movie in November. So Bert says on his on his Twitter account, I can't even believe I'm I'm giving this story any any mention. But apparently on the Sesame Street Twitter account on Bert's Bert tweeted that he says, quote, ever notice how similar my hair is to Mr. T's? Uh, Bert asked, uh, of course, uh, referring to the original A-Team star. Quote, the only difference is mine is a little more mo, a little less hawk. Reading mo as a slang for homosexual, gay bloggers rejoiced. To some, it seemed as if Sesame Street was... Uh, aiming sly sort of jokes directly at them right under their noses, sort of in a, in a way that was, you know, went over the heads of the straight viewers. Ed Kennedy of the gay pop culture site AfterElton.com noted that the tweet came during a week when many cities were hosting gay pride celebrations. The people at Sesame Street are way too clever for their own good, he wrote. Now, some people are wondering if Sesame Street is being brought to you by the letters G, A, and Y. See, if I would have wrote, written that, I would have written it as maybe Sesame Street is being brought to you by the letters K and Y. See, I think that would have been much more clever. But, you know, apparently I'm not very good at news writing. Um, anyway, in its, uh, in its new... In its own very subtle, sort of unintentional way, the show's latest season feels more LGBT-friendly than ever. Lesbian comedian Wanda Sykes appeared on the show in October following in the uh, traditional open gay guest stars such as Neil Patrick Harris, who played, um, cough, who played, uh, what is this? Something. He played the shoe fairy. And they did a they did a, a parody of True Blood, the HBO vampire drama. They also had other people on. Um, let's see, they had the I don't know the, the Will I Am from the Black Eyed Peas. But he is he gay? Why do they say I don't know? I, I'm I'm having trouble following this story, quite frankly. The point is, is that they had a bunch of people on there and, and you know, now, uh, now Bert is apparently cleverly outing himself. And apparently this is a huge controversy because, you know, it's a kid's show and we can't have openly gay characters. Sesame Street's actually changed a lot. We, I've done this rant on the air before. A few years ago, I saw Sesame Street. And it wasn't at all as I remember it as a kid. Like, Cookie Monster doesn't eat cookies anymore. He only eats them once in a while because it's a, it's, it's good, it, it's okay to have cookies sometimes, but not very often. Like, when I watched Sesame Street, that's all Cookie Monster ate was cookies because he's the Cookie Monster. And he also ate other things, like he just eat letters or pieces of the set, whatever. He was, he, uh, you know, he had an eating disorder, clearly. You know, Cookie Monster had an eating disorder, but that's the way it was when we watched Sesame Street. I mean, isn't that growing hill? Wasn't it growing up? Isn't that kind of what Sesame Street was? Yeah, it's a really bad show. Anyway, I would not let my kid watch that show. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. Like hypothetically, you know, say we had a kid, the unbelievable happened, and let's just say hypothetically that happened. Like, why wouldn't you let a, a kid watch uh, Sesame Street? 
Why not? Why wouldn't you let a kid watch Sesame Street? Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of in agreement, actually. <laughs> Just this creepy vibe I get about that show. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's different than it used to be. Like, it used to be kind of fun, and now it's, it's kind of, it's a little bit political, actually. Sesame Street's kind of a, a little bit, well, it's definitely very PC. Um, you know, it used to be on Sesame Street, they had, um, I don't know. Now it's like half of the show is in Spanish. Half of it, at least. Yeah, half of it's in Spanish. Cookie Monster doesn't eat cookies. Uh, Bert and Ernie, uh, uh, you know, uh, that's, they're still gay. I mean, they were always gay. So that was, that was the theme that ran through the show. So I have no problem with that. But, um... What else? What else has changed about the show? I'm now trying to remember all the all the different things that have been done. Um, oh, Oscar the Grouch isn't really grouchy anymore. They generally just refer to him as Oscar now, and uh, he's he's he does more singing and and he's like he's a big time uh, you know kind of happy uh, guy living in the garbage can. Like if you just think about the entire dynamic of that show, it's kind of it's kind of depressing. Like I don't know. I when I was a kid, I, I know that like ex, aside, nobody saw Snuffleupagus except for Big Bird. Like he always disappeared anytime anybody else showed up. I don't know if that's still sort of the running gag of the show. I, I don't I don't know about that. And Big Bird was kind of like sort of an effeminate, you know. Well, Big Bird. Oscar the Grouch was all angry. He was, well, he was a grouch. Uh, you know, Grover was, uh, he was just, you know, the guy that did the silly, stupid stuff. Uh, all those, like, he was the slapstick sort of guy. They didn't have Elmo. I don't think they introduced Elmo until, like, late. I don't know. I don't know when they did. But Elmo was not on there when, when I was a kid. Um... And Cookie Monster was was awesome. That was like the best part of the show. And the Count. And now they made the Count like less kind of intimidating too. Like he used it used to be like kind of dark when he'd be on the on the set and everything. And now, you know, well they don't they don't <laughs> they don't want to give the the uh, the idea that you know he is a vampire and that he may, um, you know, start feeding on somebody and drinking their blood for sustenance. Just saying, it, the show has changed. I love stupid 911 calls. We've played many, of course. My favorite 911 call of all time is the woman that calls because um, they didn't get her hamburger right. I, I love the stupid 911 calls are the best. Uh, but here's one. This this one takes the cake. So a 10-year-old kid calls 911. After his dad basically tells him to, he com the kid complains about his dinner, and the dad says, "Well, what are you going to do? Call nine one one." So the kid picks up the phone and he calls nine one one. Then he doesn't really say anything. He hangs up. So nine one one calls back, and um, here's we are we actually have the call. This is pretty funny. So here is the father 
uh, talking to the 911 operator. This is actually kind of funny. And again, just keep in mind that real emergencies are happening someplace and people can't get through because 911 operators are busy taking calls. Well, like this one. Hello? Hi, this is Buffalo Gulf Police. We received the 911 call. Is there a problem there? No, the By the way, before I continue with this, can't uh, I record this podcast from my own home studio. And we uploaded, and, and the quality is very good on this. It's 128 kilobits sound, which, you know, is just fine. I mean, it, it, my voice sounds fine. Everything sounds fine. You can understand what I'm saying and the quality of this show. Emergency calls to 911, you can't, you can barely understand. We can send a guy to the moon, but we can't have halfway decent quality audio for a 911 call. So if you can't follow this, uh, I'll, I'll interpret as well. But I think you can follow, hopefully. No problem. My son called 911. I told him to call 911. He misbehaved in front of me, and I told him, call them, let them come over here and see who's right. And he called 911. All right. So well, if you really want to come, you're welcome to right. come. What address are you at, sir? What was the uh, disagreement about tonight? Well, <laughs> he had to eat supper. Mm -hmm. yes. And then uh, they misbehaved generally, and I said that they have to eat. And then he's talking bad to me because uh, that, I don't know, is something that generally with these kids that they have to talk back and they have to have their attitude. And uh, you, Doesn't this guy, by the way, doesn't he, this guy sound like he belongs at a NAMBLA meeting? Hello, this is NAMBLA, the North American Man-Boy Love Association. In New York, the racial algebra chapter meets on the third Saturday of the month. I have to have my attitude in front of them because I'm the boss of the house. They yes. have to listen to us. Okay. And at that point, I said, you know what, call 911 if you think <laughs> that you have a disagreement with me and you're right. And we call 911. It's a good thing to teach your kids, by the way. If you disagree with me, call, call the police. <laughs> call, call 911. Call an emergency number if you don't like your supper, if you don't like what you're being fed. It's a good message. No, you, right. Now you come back and finish eating right now. What's the kid's name, Rahim? Where is he at right now? Uh, no, he left to his room. He went, he went in his room? Yeah, he went to his room. Yes, sir. Okay. Right. So he just uh, feels ashamed. He thinks that is just a joke. This nine one one. Rashim. Okay. I'm telling him that is not a joke. Okay. And we have to we have to impose some rules in the house, and they have to follow the rules. Yes, like so. You're telling him nine one one is not a joke. So if he disagrees with your dinner, call nine one one. They they take it too easy, and they think that they are in control. All the kids. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm going to have the officer come over and talk to both of you. If anything changes before the officer arrives, call us back at 911 so I can update the officer, okay? Okay. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. Right, you're welcome. So the, there's, there was an officer that was dispatched over there. They, they actually dispatched an officer to handle uh, a, a disagreement between a father and a 10-year-old kid over the dinner. I'm just saying that people have problems. A lot of good parents that we're talking about tonight on the uh, on the podcast here. We got one that, you know, a kid comes to her and she goes, you know, I was raped, mom. And the mom's like, yeah, whatever. And then so she has to go post it on Facebook. Another guy is encouraging his kid to call 911 because, you know, they had, they, he doesn't like his dinner. Um, let's see.
There's more on this story, by the way. This guy's name that called 911, his name is uh, Stefan Christeltian. Let's see. So uh, he said he calmly explained, as you heard on the tape, you know what? Call 911 if you think you have a disagreement with me and you're right. So, so his kid calls 911. When the Buffalo Grove Police Department officer was dispatched to the Crystalstein or Crystalteen residence, the child noted uh, uh, that his dinner, quote, was edible but that he wanted something more to his liking. I wish I would have called 911 every time I got crap for dinner as a kid. Mom, we're having meatloaf again? All right, I'm calling 911. Ma'am, you really need to feed your kids something other than meatloaf. You know what? Meatloaf is just fine. You don't like it? You call 911. Right now. Oh, jeepers creepers. No, you want to you wanna have a disagreement here? You call 911. Yeah. I just hear my mom right now saying that. My dad. Yeah, I don't like it. Call 911, kid. What are you going to do? Anyway, they say, yes, we are a full service police department. Little, little cop humor. Meanwhile, that cop, you know, he gets shot at every. I mean, I'm, I guess he's probably glad just to go to a house where, you know, he's just like, eh, you know, the father and son are disagreeing about dinner. He's probably okay with that, except then he does realize that probably, meanwhile, on the other side of, of town, somebody just got shot seven times. And maybe he could have been there to prevent it. But instead, he's over there because uh, some, some guy, some father of the year decides to tell his kid, you know what, you're done to like, go call 911. I love stupid 911 calls. Those are the, and the ones where people have really bad accents, those are especially good. Those are always my favorite. It's great. Nine one one to me. There's nothing better than a good nine one one call like that. Maybe uh, in the break. Maybe I ought to dig up the uh, my favorite one. I I'd, I'd dig up the one where uh, the woman calls about her Western burger not being right. And of course, that one was in California. I don't know where this one. Where's Buffalo Grove? There's a lot of buffaloes. There's, I know there's a buffalo in New York, obviously. There's one in Minnesota. I don't know where Buffalo Grove is. I don't know if I want to know, frankly. All right, Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email address. It's also our PayPal address for your most generous contributions to this program. EFNet IRC, Net Radio, the channel. And of course, more information about this program can be had at the one, the only, michaelgraff.com. Hillary and I are going to sit down and work on that eventually, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's going to happen. Turn it, up. it will, seriously. All right, you're listening to the Zip Code Famous Michael Graff Show, and that's all it will ever be. Zip Code Famous, and you know what? That's the way you likes it. We'll be back.
my toes are busted My kitchen says my bread is molded I got a good job at the dollar store One foot in the hole, one foot getting people with a broken mirror and a blown out speaker And I ain't got much else to lose I'm faded, flat busted, been jaded, I've been dusted I know that I've seen better days One foot in the hole, one foot getting deeper Crank a two eleven, blow another speaker and I ain't got, I ain't got much to lose segment michael groff show it's the zip code famous michael groff show and don't you forget it mike at kmgx.com that's the email address it's mike at kmgx.com aol instant messenger michael groff show is the screen name over there monetary donations to this program accepted via paypal mike at kmgx.com thank you in studio, it's uh, Hillary. She's with me. Yeah, take take the cue, as we say, the business, or as 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 they say in the business that I'm not in. Um, Did you tell everyone it's the middle of the night? Y- yes, it is. It is sort of the middle of the night. Um. So, yeah. It is a little late. It's now tomorrow. It's, I think it's technically tomorrow. Do you like my Gucci bag? Uh, it, it really is. I, I didn't realize how much time had passed by. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so we're here. We're doing this. And, uh, you know, I, I think now, I think I'm in a great mindset. And being that I am. I think the only thing that could make this show better right now, the only thing that would really, the the icing on the cake, on the urinal cake of this show would be this. Yes. It's time to be complete in this show and take a look at what's happening on the pop chart. The top 10 songs in the world of... These are the 10 most played songs on top 40 radio stations across the country. Every time they play a song, it's charted, it's uh, calculated, it's included on this list. So these are the 10 most played songs. And they're always awful. And so if you follow this bit every week that we do it, um, you'll probably want to go home and put a gun in your mouth. But um, it's no, it's actually, it's it's really, it's something. All right, uh, at number 10 this week, it's a group called Neon Trees. That could be a rap. I don't know. I haven't really heard the song, so I don't know. This is Neon Trees. The song is called Animal.
like how he says his R's like W's. That's cute. So that's Neon Trees Animal at number 10. Whatever. Uh, it, it's it's probably the best song that's in the top 10. That's That says all it needs to say. At number 9, it's Enrique Iglesias featuring Pitbull with I Like It. Alright, at number eight, <laughs> it's Florida. I now uh, interminably associate this song with my trip to Jacksonville because this is the only song I basically heard while I was there. 95 Watt WAP. Come on, hell, let's grind on each other right now. This that's the you know, this is the kind of music that you do that to, I guess, these days. The the kids still do that, right? They still grind on each other, right? Right? Okay. I'm with it. I'm hip. At uh, number seven, it's uh, this would be Tayo Cruz, and uh, this is uh, this is Dynamite. These songs are all very dynamic and each one is completely different from the other. That's that's what they tell me anyway. And number six, it's Rihanna with Only Girl in the World. Well, it's actually Only Girl in parentheses in the world. get the Rihanna thing either, believe me. Meanwhile, another group or person or thing I don't get is uh, number five, Far East Movement, and the song is called Like a G6. I don't understand. What's Slizzard? I don't I don't get this song at all. What does that mean? 
get it either all right i think most listeners to my show they don't get it or maybe they do maybe everybody gets it except me and nobody's letting me in on the joke because i don't know what like a g6 means all right anyway uh katie perry's at number four with teenage dream Usher featuring Pitbull is at number three with DJ Got Us Fallen In Love. Uh, that that song transitioned, you didn't even know it was a different song. Yeah, man. This sounds just like Katy Perry. Same beat, same instrument. Synthesizer. Number two, it's Nelly. What a great child here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the number two song of the country getting 80 spins a week on top 40 radio stations. Basically, every two hours, this song plays on a given top 40 radio station. Yeah, oh. Uh, Yeah. Imagine you listen to a station and this song plays every two hours. Wouldn't you just... Wouldn't you want to just absolutely rip your ears out from sheer anger? Or, you know, just change the station. But there are people that listen to this all day at work and they hear this song like four or five times during their work day and they go, you know, and then they probably are the same people that call the request lines and go, yeah, I'd like to hear uh, that Nelly song, Just a Dream. I haven't heard it enough. Just doing this bit, I've heard this song like four or five times now. And I've already got the song memorized more than I wanted to. So here's the number one song in the country, folks. This is it. The, uh, the big number one tune in the nation. It is. It still is. Bruno Mars. 
Just the way you are. I don't know. Sounds pretty lame to me. But this is the number one song of the country, getting almost 90 spins a week. Yeah. Oh, her eyes, her eyes make the stars look like they're not shining. Her hair, her hair falls perfectly without her trying. She's so beautiful, and I tell her every day. This song is manly. But every time she I heard this when I went to the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars game. I heard this song playing in the stadium. And I was like, no wonder the Jacksonville Jaguars suck. I mean, listen to the music that they're walking out on the field to. They're, they're playing this. Yeah, it's a, it's a sport where guys are hitting each other, tackling each other, and then you've got this. There's nothing worse than going to a football game or going to a sporting event. You know, sporting events, there's a lot of guys there, you know, especially a sport like football. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a manly sport. And, I mean, I'm surprised. Why not? Why not just uh, Why not just go the full Monty there and just bust out with... Uh, why not just play Elton John there? Why not just play Olivia Newton-John? Yeah, why stop there? Why not just play uh, that, that Owl City song? That's a big... Oh, here it is. <laughs> now, the starting lineup for your Oakland Raiders. <laughs> I bet they've played this at a football stadium. You would not believe your eyes If ten million fireflies <laughs> Lit up the world as I fell asleep Cause they fill the open air And leave teardrops everywhere You'd think me rude, but I would just stand there I hope Janikowski hits this field goal I'd like to make my Like they play this during a timeout Timeout, Raiders, that's their first charge team timeout to say that I'd rather stay awake when I'm asleep Meanwhile, there's fights in the stands. You got this plan in the background. Getting a thousand hugs from 10,000 lightning bugs. A thousand hugs from 10,000 lightning bugs. Is they tried to teach me how to dance. Yeah. That's, I think that's pretty manly. So, yeah, that's a look at your pop chart. That Bruno Mars song, by the way. Yeah. 89 on average gets 89 spins a week on top 40 radio stations. On average. Uh, I know of stations that played over 110 times a week. Literally every hour and a half. Less than an hour and a half the song is playing. And if you factor in commercials, it's literally every like 25 songs that song plays. And you wonder why more people are going to satellite. More people are going to their iPods. More people are turning to internet. More people are turning to 
um, doing anything else than listening to terrestrial radio. And the, because the, the minds that are behind it are saying, you know, we have to play this 110 friggin' times a week. But then there are still the brain deads that do listen to this being played 100. You got to wonder who listens to a song 110 times in a week. I could think the greatest, my favorite, like Hill, like what, what's your, what's your all time favorite song? Well, I mean, like if you, <clears throat> you like Radiohead, right? Yeah, something like that. So, okay. So if I played a Radiohead song, could you listen to it 110 times in a week? I wouldn't want to. Exactly. I mean, even like 80 times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I will put a CD on and leave it in my car on loop for a couple months sometimes. Well, but maybe you, do, maybe you do listen to it. I mean, I'm, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Can't really. Yeah. But uh, okay. But still, you know, you don't have to weed through commercials and through everything else to get it either. It, it would just to me, even if I liked that Bruno Mars song, or even if I liked all these other songs in the pop chart. Let me see what else is on the chart this week. Let's delve deep. Let's see what else is on here. Apparently, Pink has a new song. Uh, Taylor Swift has a new song. Eminem, that's still on there. Kesha's still on there. Mike Posner, One Republic. Um, Train. So, there's a lot of songs to look forward to coming up on the uh, on the pop chart. So that's that's a look at that segment. As always, every week we uh, we try and uh, delve into that even though that seems to be the once a week thing because the podcast lately has been sort of once a week. But since I really don't have any other places to go now, won't be packing up or moving anywhere, just printing out some more resumes, um, I'll, be, uh, I'll be here to do a podcast for you. And that's good. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's good. Um, here, this, this is awesome. A Taiwanese woman is apparently so uninspired by the men that are available for dating in the city of Taipei that she's decided that she's giving up on she's giving up on men altogether and she's not necessarily turning lesbian she kind of is in a way she wanted to get married but she can't find a good man so she decided that she'll marry the the next best person and that is herself Uh, The Shanghai Daily reported the story uh, that Chen Weiyi has bought a uh, flowing, she bought a flowing white bridal gown, planned a lavish reception, and even hired a wedding photographer to mark her unusual matrimony, which takes place next month. Lonely Chen, who's 30 years old, told local media that she was urged to wed by friends and loved ones, but she could not find a decent husband in Taipei, which is, of course, Taiwan's largest city. The solo marriage will not be recognized by law, but Chen uh, has the backing of her family. Quote, my work and experiences are in good shape, but I have found a part. I have not found a partner. So what can I do? She said. I'm not anti-marriage. I just hope that I can express a different idea within the bounds of a tradition. No, what's happening here is is you're a nut job. 
Didn't Dennis Rodman do that bit years ago? He dressed up as a woman and he married himself in New York or something. But that was like 15 years ago he did that. So it's already been done. And yeah, of course, it's a nutty person that does it. Isn't that the ultimate side of narcissism too, by the way? Uh, you know, I can't find a good person to marry, so I'll just marry myself. And I'm going to hold a big... Can you imagine you're in this woman's family? And you get a wedding invitation. And the wedding invitation indicates that she's marrying yourself. Would you go? Would you go to that hill? Would you? No. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I would say, ah, the nutty cousin's getting married to herself. Isn't that nice? I'll send a gift. I'll send a gift of a, of a guy in a lab coat. Here, pee in this cup. Um, meanwhile, in the Puget Sound area, up by uh, Seattle, they're finally, they have a, um, they have the first publicly accessible, federally funded, 240 volt electric car charging station. That's good news, right? Um, of course, there's, there's sort of a, a downside to it. It's at the Lutheran church in Wood, uh, Woodenville. Now, what's wrong with that? Well, okay. The Wooden Cross Lutheran Church charging station is located in the parking lot and open to anyone who wants to use it. And, and uh, by the way, the electricity will be free initially. All it will cost you is your eternal soul or something. The station was formally unveiled at a public event Saturday, but it had already been used to charge the Chevy Volt, which is an electric car with a uh, supplemental gas engine, of course. When the car was on tour through the Puget Sound region two weeks ago, quote, it was the first public charge of a Volt in the whole nation. So there you go. They're very excited about it. The church is just off the busy Woodenville Duval Road. And uh, they say that the church expects people will use it to top off their electric vehicles with a two to four hour charge. So you have to park this at this charging station for two to four hours. What do you do? Are you going to go into church probably? All right. Well, since you're here uh, charging your vehicle, why don't you come in and listen to us talk about Lutheran stuff for a while? Sounds a good uh, well, remember the charging is free, but as you know, many hands will make a heavy workload light. Come and contribute to our fine church and keep keep the charging station free. Give a little of your, recharge your spiritual energy inside. Lutheran churches are the most boring too. And they really are. They're, they're the worst of all. You know, some churches, some of the Christian churches now, they've really modernized them up. And I'm serious about this. They've, they've hipped them up a little bit. You know, they have a band. They, you sing and you dance and all that. It's like the Southern Baptists have been doing that for a long time. But Lutheran churches are still in the, in the tradition of every time you go in there, you're reminded constantly of how you're going to go to hell. Uh, everything you do is wrong in life. Um, you took a poop this morning. It's a crime. And uh, you are eternally damned to hell, no matter what you do. Uh, no chance of redemption, unless, of course, you pray to uh, Jesus uh, right before you die and say that, you know, everything you've done is fine. And then you can be Adolf Hitler your entire life 
And at the last second, as long as you accept uh, Jeebus as your as your uh, something uh, soul, you know your your savior, you're good. That's that's the message every week. This week we'll be discussing how uh, wearing tight underwear is evil. We'll be discussing how driving anything other than an electric car makes you worse than Satan. The charging device made by uh, Cologne Technology. Uh, let's see, it can charge two vehicles. It can charge a whole two vehicles simultaneously. And can be reserved by using a uh, cell phone application. So, you want to charge your car for two to four hours. You can go in there. They can charge two of them. Get this. Two whole cars at a time. Which is probably the number of Chevy Volts that have been sold across the country. So, it's not really that big a deal. But can you imagine if there was a real demand for this? Like, if, if thousands of people in the area had those cars. And uh, you, can you imagine the line for that? You're like the 600th person in line. All you have to do is wait about a year and uh, you can charge up. Or, you know, just do what everybody else does and drive a normal car. Could do that, too. The Puget Sound region is one of the key markets for the initial wave of electric cars, in part because of federal stimulus money that is being used to build a network of public charging stations throughout the nation. I think it's, I think it's good that we're using that stimulus money that Obama sent out. I think it's great that we're using that to build charging stations. So that those cars can drive at 20 miles an hour past the homeless people. And they can park in the church parking lot where all the homeless people are waiting. You know, those people that used to have jobs like five years ago. Now all those people can stand there and, and beg for money while you're charging your electric car that you paid $60,000 for. I think that's great that we use the stimulus money for that. And this is why I think Obama is doing a fantastic job. I mean, look where our priorities are. Charging stations for electric cars. What about all the jobs? Well, you know, we may not be creating jobs right now. I mean, look, uh, we, we may still just damn well be in God knows what kind of recession, even though the recession ended, according to Obama. It ended a year and a half ago. But, uh, you know, sure, we still have 10% unemployment, but you know what? The people that can afford an electric car... <laughs> The people that are out there that, that pay all that money for the electric, they can at least charge it for four hours at this one charging station that can charge two cars at a time. It is, it is weird. Uh, our priorities, you know, everybody talks about that, uh, you know, this country, we give way too much to corporations and, you know, everybody, we're spending way too much on, on corporate interests. But then the other side gets in and they spend money on things that, Quite frankly, I, I wouldn't even call it a niche market. More people own HD radios than own electric cars. And that's sad. Because I know guys in the radio biz that don't even own HD radios. That was the thing. I, I was recently talking to a, to a, a couple of different uh, pretty high up people in the radio biz. And they're like, oh yeah, nobody listens to uh, HD radio. These are people that are supposed to be like pimp. They're like, yeah, we have HD radio. We have an HD radio signal, but we don't even, we don't promote it. And I don't listen to it. I don't even know if it's on the air, quite frankly. 
That's great. The electric car is the same thing. And so we're investing all this money into a, a technology that's not even worthy of being called a niche market. And so I, I'm just kind of curious uh, why we're spending untold amounts of stimulus money on that. Well, Mike, don't you understand? Don't you get it? Fossil fuels, it's a finite resource. Electric cars, you know, uh, that's that's great. Uh, people can drive those for like a couple of hours. You can drive at least 100 miles on one of these batteries. Mike, 100 miles. Think about that. That's 100 miles less worth of gas. Yeah, but of course, you do understand that then you have to spend four hours recharging it using electricity. That is, of course, created from fossil fuels. And that battery, by the way, that, you, that you've created, it took fossil fuels to ship that battery to, to uh, where it was eventually put into your car. You know, where, and it's using lithium. Lithium is in the battery, which is a finite resource in and of itself. Matter of fact, lithium even though we can create it in a laboratory. Uh, lithium is far more sparse an element than oil, yet we're making battery after battery after battery for these electric cars and for laptops and everything. Everything involves lithium. And, uh, and of course, again, fossil fuels are used in the creation of that. So I don't get the electric car craze. Uh, if it truly was an electric car and if the battery could run for 24 hours. What I don't get is how come we can't make a battery that lasts longer than a couple of hours, no matter what it's for. Laptop batteries, they're good for about four hours, five hours, maybe. The batteries in those iPads, I guess those last a while. Those are like eight hours. I buy AA batteries for my Walkman. Yeah, I'm the guy that still uses a Walkman because I don't have an iPod. Though that at least lasts for like days. If you just leave it on, that lasts for days. And those are old, you know, th those don't even use lithium. I don't know. I think the whole lithium battery thing is kind of a scam myself. Which is my theory. Anyway, um, let's see what else. The city of Seattle is planning to install about two dozen 240-volt electric charging stations in public garages downtown that are owned and managed by the city. I'm sure they'll charge you for it. Another 30 stations will be installed for the city's use to power a fleet of 35 electric cars for employees. So there you go. I think uh, that's great. Stimulus money for electric cars. It's cool. Again, I, I, I'm totally in support of this idea. I think that the electric car, it's funny, Hillary and I were just having this discussion about recycling the other day, and she says it's ostensibly worthless to recycle. Aside from like aluminum cans, she just says it's, it's basically, so I'm saying it's basically worthless to use the electric car. Would you agree? Again, given that... Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe it goes 200 miles before it needs a charge. But yeah, you wouldn't, you would, yeah, if you want to drive to Circle K with your electric car and you're like, I'm doing good. I am helping the environment. Meanwhile, you could have just walked over there. But if you want to drive your electric car to Circle K and go, yay me, I'm going green. All right, I mean, that's cool. 
Um, when you get home, of course, you have to plug it back in. Do car batteries work, by the way, the same way like cell phone batteries where it's just a, a rapid deterioration? Where after about six months or a year, you'll get only about half of the life out of the battery anymore? Yeah, it could it could be. It, it may not be quite that bad. But yeah, it'd be one of those things where I'm just I'm just thinking where it could be one of those uh, situation where it's kind of similar to that, though. I don't know. Yeah, you, you have it plugged in all day and you get you get five minutes of use. You go half a mile. Well, I'm running on gas again. And that's the thing. It, it falls back to gas. We haven't changed our oil dependence. People say, oh, you know, in Germany, Mike, they built all those houses. And Spain, they did the same thing. They built all those houses that run on, uh, that run on solar power. The dirty little secret about it is, though, that their consumption of electricity over there, their consumption of, of coal-powered and other, t- other power, you know, fossil fuel-powered electricity hasn't dropped how is that? How can they have built all of those solar panels and yet electricity usage on the grid has not fallen off? How does that happen? I'm all for solar power. I'm all for wind power. I'm all for renewable energy sources. I'm all for going green, which is I, just, I, I hate that expression, but I'm all for it. I'm just saying that right now, people that, that cheer about it and they, and they go out and applaud how great it is that now we're putting solar panels on the White House, you understand that the very basic infrastructure of, of not only our country, but the entire world, it's going to take, at the current rate that we're doing it, it's going to take hundreds of years before it's changed, even to the point where we can sort of ease up on our dependence. So somebody better hope that we can either make oil pretty cheap, you know, in other words, synthetically created, or they better hope that we just basically have an infinite resource of it somewhere. Like there's some sort of magical infinite amount that sits someplace. Because otherwise we're kind of screwed. I mean, luckily I'll be long dead. So I really don't care one way or the other. I mean, you know, y'all can, when, somebody who hears this 150 years from now, who's really, really angry because I'm sitting here laughing at you, you people are screwed. All right, you're, you're done. I mean, by the year 2200, you're going to be sitting there either saying, what idiots they were to think that we wouldn't be prepared or, oh crap, we're screwed. One way or the other, I won't be there. So, I, I, you know, again, I don't really care. Probably by about the year, what? Uh, what is the 2010 right now? So I'm thinking probably by the year, what? 2030 uh, something, I'll probably have kicked it. I mean, I'll be 60. Why not? I mean, we'll still have oil around by then. Yeah, gas prices will probably be 10 bucks a gallon by then. But at that point, you know, I mean, I'll be 60 and uh, my family history, I mean, I'll, I'll probably barely be able to get out of bed. <laughs> so what do I care? 
nurse comes in, ah, oh, man, it's so hard working. I, I make eight eighty two dollars an hour, but you know, gas is is eleven dollars an uh, a gallon. Everything costs a whole lot. I'll just be like, hey, just get my bedpan, all right? I think I soiled myself again. Boy, I'd sure hate to be. Uh, I'd you know, sure hate to be the next generation. You know, it's weird. I actually really do care. It's this is the problem. Is I don't know. I actually do recycle, and I kind of. I do kind of feel like a tool for doing it. I know the conversation that Hill and I had yesterday, I do kind of feel like a tool because I go, okay, you know, well, no, it's not even, it's like, I'm recycling. Great. How many people really recycle? Well, not that many. And even though in 200 years, they'll be digging through all that crap to get all these materials that we've thrown away throughout the years so that they can use them. And people will say, why didn't they recycle? Um, which won't be my problem because, again, again I'll, I'll be long since uh, ashes to ashes. But you, you, in this society, you're kind of made to feel like a tool if you recycle. I say that knowing that I just went on a rant about how useless the electric car is, but it is useless right now. Until they perfect the technology, why would I buy one? It's kind of like how... Remember the Beta? Remember Betamax? Who has Beta anymore? Now, everybody used to tell me, uh, audio files and video files, you know, people that, that love that technology, they, they used to tell me all the time, Mike, Beta is so much better than VHS. And they would swear up and down, beta is just awesome and that it's, it's much higher quality than VHS. But see, VHS was cheaper. Porn came out on VHS. And therefore, VHS became the standard. Betamax, beta was, it was more expensive. It was clunky. So nobody liked beta. You know, it's it's uh, kind of the same thing. It's like, why would you buy, or um, why would you buy uh, vinyl? Like once cassettes came out, why would you buy vinyl anymore? And then once uh, once CDs came out, why would you buy cassettes? Now we have MP3s. Who buys CDs anymore? I mean, people still do. A CD is not quite completely outdated, but almost, basically. And pretty soon we'll, we'll have surpassed that. We'll have a much more compressed uh, technology. So um, that's why I'm dumping on the electric car because you don't want to buy the first generation of it because it's crap. Eventually it'll, it'll be great. Eventually it'll probably run a whole 300 miles without needing to be recharged. One day, maybe they'll have it so that, yeah, it can go thousands of miles before it needs a recharge. Or... While it's driving, it has solar panels on it that continue to charge it. Now, there's a concept. Oh, it'd be the ugliest car on the road for sure. But yes, it would be driving for free, ostensibly. You imagine a car driving down the road's got solar panels on it. Can you imagine what that would look like? Car. It's got these shiny metal metallic panels that hang off the back of the, it's instead of a big spoiler, it's just got this big like chrome sort of panel on it. Car looks like it's covered in tin foil. What's that? That's my solar powered car. 
How fast can it go? Oh my God, it gets it gets up to an incredible 37 miles per hour. That must make traveling on the interstate really terrible. Oh yeah, 12 people shot at me today. Which wasn't bad because yesterday, yesterday uh, I, I was shot at by 15 people, so it's getting better. Um, I only got flipped off I don't know, a hundred times. I stopped counting. Got pulled over by the police several times. They wondered if it was uh, uh, safe to travel on the road, if it was roadworthy. The electric car. So I'm not, I would not be the first person to go out and buy one of those. But some people are. Everybody wants to have, there, there are those people that are out there that always want to have the latest and greatest thing, the new thing. The Chevy Volt. So if you live in the Puget Sound area and you're within a, a, a small, like two mile radius of this Lutheran church, you can go and charge up your car. And as long as you continue to remain within a distance to, you know, within a reasonable driving distance of that church, you can always have a place to go and charge up. Just don't go on any kind of road trip with your electric car. Unless you're just going to use the gas powered side of it. And in that case, why did you spend all that money on an electric car? I don't know. Am I wrong on this? Am I, am I, am I missing something? Hillary's just laughing. Hillary's going to sleep. Yeah. Me too. All right, we're out of here. Um, Mike at KMGX.com. That would be the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name Michael Groff Show. Also, michaelgroff.com, the place to go for all things Michael Groff related. Uh, you can donate to our program monetarily by uh, going to PayPal. Our uh, address over there is mike at kmgx.com. Send money. What else? Thanks to Hillary for joining me in studio. Thanks to me, because without me, this show and all of its mediocrity would not be possible. And thanks to you. And I will say this, I, uh, and I do mean this. I am humbled uh, by every listener that uh, sends me a message or a note or makes a donation. Huh? What? Hillary said something. I don't know. She's laughing at me, I guess. Um, anyway, I I truly am uh, very humble and very grateful to have uh, all of you uh, out there continuing to listen to these programs. Tonight's scatterbrained edition of the show, notwithstanding. All right, we're back uh, real soon with another edition of uh, the Zip Code Famous Michael Graff Show. Have a great night, everybody. We'll try to do a show again probably before the end of the year. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I, I'm, I have to admit, there's something very, very ego-shattering about being told that it's your job to lose and then you lose it. And then I, I got lots of support. Everybody was like, 
So what? Tough up. Get back to work. Made me feel good. Usually the best thing to say is, gee, you know, I'm really sorry. But... Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow or whenever we meet again. Have a uh, great night, everybody. See you.